Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to all that Utah Jazz. Today we're going to skip the intro, skip the music, skip a joke, skip everything, and get straight to the punch. Jazz fans, this is a safe place. We can let out our frustrations, and let's just talk about what's going on. I think I've heard the expression multiple times through various different media sources that the sky is falling here in Utah. And to some extent, I think there is a slight over-exaggeration by the fan base, but in a large part, things are really bad right now for a team that was supposed to be one of the top three seeds in the Western Conference. And we're now looking at we're the sixth seed, we're half game up on the Mavericks, We've lost four in a row at home and just otherwise played some really bad basketball. Um, now, again, I think there is some over-exaggeration by certain fans on Twitter. Um, we are going to make the playoffs. We're not. A situation where we don't make the playoffs would be the most catastrophic downslide in NBA history. Like, you're talking epic proportion of everyone will be getting fired if that happened, which isn't the case. We're, we're going to make the playoffs, guys. Um, and, you know, there is some debate. In the end, the fifth or sixth seed might be better than – or, I mean, the sixth or seventh seed might be better than getting stuck in that 4-5 matchup again. So, regardless, we need to be playing better. If we play like this, we're going to get swept in the first round, no matter who we play. And it just sucks. Um, let's kind of talk through what the issue is. And I think the first thing that I want to make abundantly clear is it is not a one-person issue. And especially, it is not a Mike Conley issue. Holy crap. I'm tired of hearing people say, this is Mike Conley's fault. We gave up too much for him. He's washed. He's this. He's that. Hey, I don't even know if most of those claims are true. But even if they were true, like Mike Conley being washed doesn't make Boyan Bogdanovich give up on defense and miss every three-point shot he takes. It doesn't cause Rudy Gobert to just stop trying on defense and to be frustrated offensively. Like, there are so many issues at play here that you can't blame it on one person. So we're going to go through and we're going to talk about everybody and kind of go over and see how they need to come together, what they can do individually, and and assess the blame to the team. And I think in some respects the coaching and the front office are, are in there as well. Um, but let's get to it. So I think I'm mainly going to focus on essentially our seven-man rotation, which I think if we get to the playoffs, like you're not going to see very many people get – solid minutes other than these seven guys. Um, the exception to that is whoever is going to back up Rudy. Um, so either Bradley or Juwan Morgan lately. But let's get to it. Um, let's start with let's start with Jordan Clarkson. I think overall Jordan Clarkson's impact has been okay. He's been, I think he's been a positive for the team. He's definitely been better than what Dante Exum was giving us. Um, so that's a good thing. Um, he usually brings a good amount of hustle. He knows how to get buckets. He he has 
a real good talent of either ending scoring droughts or starting scoring runs, which is something that we struggle with um, immensely. We we play in spurts. We're either scoring a lot or getting scored on a lot, and he's very good at, at changing the tide and, and getting us some buckets. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. Um, so that's been a good thing. Um, we knew he was kind of a defensive liability on when we brought him in. That was one of the biggest criticisms I heard about him. Um, so it's hard to say to fault him for his defense, but, but it's been really bad. And it's been bad in a sense of, of stupid mistakes. I mean, Andy Larson brought up in the triple team after the Phoenix loss that um, he kept hand-checking Ricky Rubio. Um, he he misses rotations. He shades too hard. He they're just and I, and I think some of it is his effort. Um, he's a real big hustle guy, and his so he tries really hard. And sometimes he tries too hard, and that can be a bad thing defensively, um, especially in a system where we're trying to funnel everything to Rudy and making calculated risks on the defensive end. Um, you can't just go out there and try your very hardest and just throw yourself at everything and expect to be effective defensively. And I think that's what he does sometimes. Part of that could be his inexperience with the defensive-minded game. I mean, his, his offense is what he's known for. But I think he needs to, to settle down and focus on playing in a defensive system rather than just trying to be the guy defensively because he's not that guy. Moving on. Um, let's talk about let's talk about Joe Ingles. Um, now most of these criticisms are going to come are going to be talk about the defensive end because that's where we've really just sucked. Like our offense has been for the most part okay. I think we've played good enough offense in almost every game to win, but then we're just making really silly mistakes defensively and and having no effort defensively, which is puzzling and confusing and anyways let's talk about Joe <coughs> my first criticism of Joe is a little bit offensively um, it's okay to have a slump it's okay to play better in certain situations um, I don't think here's my issue with Joe I love Joe as a player I think he has a very valuable skill set I think he's incredibly intelligent when it comes to the game. He sees the floor and makes decisions better than than almost anybody. That's why he's so good in pick and roll with Rudy. Um, he is not a superstar. He's not an all-star. He is a solid, very valuable role player. And the issue that I'm having with Joe is that Joe has shown that... He does not play well when he comes off the bench. And he does not play well for whatever reason alongside Mike Conley. And for me, that's really concerning. Um, I think... And it's weird because it's hard to find like a numbers reason other than the pairing with Rudy as to, to what is causing him to not play well, especially alongside Mike Conley. Like the bench thing we get because he's not with Rudy as much and that's where he plays well in the pick and roll, but... I mean, he still gets touches when he's with Mike Conley. Like, his game doesn't change that much. Um, so I'm confused as to what 
is having the impact. I mean, it could just be a freak thing, but I think we have a large enough sample size to know that it's not. Um, but back to my point, when you're a solid role player, when you're not a star, when you can't carry an offensive load yourself, which he showed to us last year, he can't, um, he, you don't get to say, I can't play next to that guy. You're supposed to fit in to what they put around you and adapt and change your game to help the stars be able to succeed. And so to all the people saying that Mike Conley ruins Joe's performance, in my mind, that's on Joe. Um, and maybe this is a bad take. I'm not trying to slight Joe at all. Like, I love Joe. I think he's a great player. I do think he's kind of lost a step this year. Um, and he seemed just kind of in a bad mood lately, which could be affecting it. But part of me wants to say, you know, Joe, like, you've got to figure out how to play alongside Mike Conley if this team's going to be successful. And if you can't do that, then I think that's a real limitation on him as a player. I also think his defensive effort has just been kind of abysmal. I mean... I get that he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's really long, and he's shown... He's even talked about how he takes pride in guarding the Bookers of the world and the the James Harden and the Paul George and all that stuff, but he's just been getting blown by, like, on stupid plays where they just walk by him. Like, I could blow by Joe Ingles with the way he plays sometimes lately. And so... I'd like to see a little more effort defensively. I don't know if his offensive game might be impacting his defense, but that's my biggest thing with Joe. Is he, you know, he's got to figure out how to fit into his role with this team now um, and to be consistent night in and night out, no matter who the guys are around him. Um, and, yeah, that's that's my two cents on Joe. So, moving on, um, Royce. <coughs> um... Royce, I think, doesn't deserve a ton of criticism, but I think we can all agree that his production has kind of dropped off since he signed that extension. And part of me thinks it's a correlation without causation issue, where I don't know that's the reason why. Um, Because I think Royce is trying, but if you're going to be heralded as one of the elite perimeter defenders as the elite perimeter defender on the team and one of the elite perimeter defenders in the league, which, you know, there were talk, there was talk that he could be an all-NBA type guy, um, you've got to be better. And I know that it's hard to be put on guys like Harden and Dame and Booker and PG slash Kawhi and, you know, like... He is getting a hard job every single night, but you got to be able to do it. And we have been lit up by too many guys. And, you know, I'm okay with, with Dame or Harden going for 50 one night because they do that all the time, no matter who's guarding them. I mean, you put anybody on them and there's a 50-50 shot, they're just going to light you up. But, I mean, when Gordon went off on us, I think even when DeRozan went off on us, like, like yeah, DeMar DeRozan's good, but if you're that good of a defender, then then he probably shouldn't be dropping them. Did he drop 40 on us? Maybe he got 52. I don't know. It's got to be better. He's got to take pride in his perimeter defense, and it seems lazy sometimes. Um, and 
I think offensively, he's got to be able to contribute, and when he gets the ball, he's got to be able to make shots. He's got to be able to move the ball. Um, the ball's been sticking in his hand at times lately, which I think is an issue. Um, again, I, I think Royce, Royce has been okay. I wouldn't say he's been terrible, but I don't know that he's lived up to the potential that, that was once said of him being an elite perimeter defender and, and a solid 3 and D guy. Um, that, that is his role. I'm kind of looking for him to, to step back into it um, since that contract extension, which I, I think he can. I, I think he did in the Celtics game. He was one of the players that I noticed actually um, stepped it up the most and played better than recently. So I'm hoping that's a good sign of a turnaround um, and that we can get back to, to the race that we saw in the OKC series and the Rocket series that um, was a legit bona fide three and D solid rotation player that you felt comfortable. Um, he could shoot the ball. You could put him on any guy in the league and feel like he had a decent chance of getting a stop. So hopefully that's what will happen here for Royce. Um, Bogey. I really like Bogey. I think he is a bona fide scorer most of the time. Um, I think he's a little arrogant. I think he gets tunnel vision a lot. The ball stops in his hands a lot of the time, and he gets that look in his eyes where he's like, I'm putting a shot up. Um, I don't care if it's a contested three or if it's a contested floater or if it's a shot at the rim with five guys around me. I am getting a shot up. And for a while, he, he was making those shots, so... I don't know that we complained a lot, but he's definitely had a slump. Um, I feel like the chemistry isn't there. The ball stops a lot in his hands, um, and he gives up a lot. Defensively, he he's okay on ball, um, but off ball, he's just not a very good defender. He loses his man. He misses rotations. He A lot of times, um, when they pull bogey's guy to set screen, uh, there's a confusion as to whether they're switching or not, and we get burned on that a lot of the times. I don't, him and Donovan, especially, don't communicate very well in that situation. Um, <coughs> so I think if you're going to give up that much defensively and the ball is going to stick um, when it comes to you and you're going to have that type of tunnel vision, then you got to be able to score. Like You've got to put the ball in the hoop, and he hasn't been for for a while now um, so I think he's got to focus a little more um, he did talk about how he feels like sometimes we focus on the wrong things as, as you know the guys are focusing on the wrong things and you need to focus on um, you know your defensive effort and not worry too much about your shot and things like that so hopeful that he'll be able to come out of this slump <coughs> um, but if he can't start scoring and shooting then he's just a liability on the floor and it again this isn't a slight to him as a player like he wasn't some people said he was a good defensive player um he's like i said he's okay on ball uh you could put him on most guys and he'd be fine he wouldn't be like a lockdown defender but he wouldn't be a sieve either but he doesn't play on ball very much um because we've got royce on ball most of the time so, 
either some defensive scheme needs to be worked out to play to his strengths and minimize his his weaknesses, or he's just got to make it up on the offensive end. Um, I think that's the legitimate reality with with Bogey. He's he's never going to be a great off ball defender, um, so he's either got to make it up somewhere else, or we've got to change our defensive scheme to play to that. Um, save Rudy and Donovan for last. So let's go to Mike Conley. I already kind of mentioned this, but this is not Mike Conley's fault. This is not a Mike Conley problem. But he's not innocent either. I mean, I, I don't think he's lived up to his potential that we thought when we traded for him. I don't think he's been that bad either, though. I mean, people saying that we were better off with Ricky Rubio don't remember how inconsistent Ricky Rubio was and how turnover-prone he was and how he was just unplayable at the end of games because he couldn't shoot and made poor decisions. Like, I love Ricky as much as the next guy, but recency bias is clouding your judgment there. I mean, at the very worst, Mike Conley is on par with what Ricky Rubio was giving us last season. Um, people remember the Ricky Rubio from game was game three of the OKC series when he got his triple-double. That was not the Ricky Rubio we got for the regular season last year, especially. So, hold your horses. I still think Mike Conley is... Coming back from injury, he's kind of still settling into his role, which at this point I think is on him, um, that he needs to buy in a little more and just um, forget about how he played in Memphis and play for Quinn's system. Um, part of that's on Quinn, too, for having a very difficult system, and, and that's a criticism we could talk about in a sec when we get to people outside the players. But... Um, Mike on defense has been sketchy at best, um, which is interesting because he's been traditionally heralded as one of the better um, point guard defenders. Um, he did. I think he was All-NBA defensive one year. Um, I think I think he has lost a step. I, I don't think it's enough to say that he's washed because I think he still has a step. But it's not as much as it once was. And whether that's because of the injury, whether that's because he's thinking too much, I'm not really sure. But I definitely think he doesn't have um, that lateral quickness uh, in order to be a solid um, on-ball defender against guys like Russell Westbrook, Westbrook or um, Booker or you know guys that are just explosive. So I think um, defensively that's that's kind of an issue. I also don't know... Um, I think, like I said, I think he needs to buy into the system a little more, both on offense and defense. Of or defense, like he needs to learn how to play with Rudy and funnel things to Rudy. That was one thing that Ricky Rubio was actually really good at, um, which, in some ways, is a defensive liability. But because guys got past him a lot, but in other ways, like he knew how to make sure that if the guy got past him, he was going right to Rudy. Um, and so, maybe Mike could experiment with that a little more, offensively. Um, there isn't a very good connection with him and Rudy or any of the guys and Rudy at this point. Um, his shot has been coming back, which I think is a good sign. Um, I think he can still get to a spot. I don't know that uh, him and Donovan together is as great as we thought it would be. There's a lot of my turn, your turn. Um, I think him and Clarkson is an interesting idea coming off the bench. Um, but anyways, those are kind of my thoughts on Mike Conley. He hasn't been great. Um, he hasn't even been 
good by any standard, I don't think. Um, but this isn't his fault. Like, he doesn't make everyone else just give up and stop trying. Especially where, like, like Mike's an awesome guy, and all the guys love him. Like, it's not it's not a case of everyone hates Mike Conley, and so they're not going to go play. Like, this is not Mike's fault. If everyone else was playing their normal and Mike was giving us what he's giving us, we'd, we'd be winning games. We wouldn't be, like, we might still be complaining about Mike Conley, but... Okay, this isn't his problem. This is a team problem. Every one of the guys is responsible. Everyone knows they need to pick it up. They've talked about picking it up. Now we just need to see him do it. And I think that starts, um, to be honest, from the two leaders of the team. And that's from Rudy and Donovan. Um, and I think they've both been very subpar since their all-star selection, which I don't know if that was, like, a victory for them and they kind of just took a break afterwards. I don't know if it's just coincidence. Um, They both seem frustrated, which I have a hard time. There's been a lot going around about possible chemistry in uh, chemistry issues. Guys not getting along. A lot of people seem to think that like Donovan and Rudy, um, for lack of a better word, hate each other. (laughs) Um, There's been a couple instances, you know, where they kind of snapped at each other in game, things like that. Um, but there's also other instances like where Rudy got his tag against Boston. Um, he Donovan was the first one there, like smiling, like saying, "Hey, it's okay, big fella. Like we got you." So I don't think that there's necessarily like an animosity there. I think they're just both competitors and they want to win, and they're frustrated that they're not. And those are naturally going to bring out frustration and anger, and like these guys want to win. And so when they don't win, and like we're surprised that everything's not all happy go lucky awesome should we be surprised by that i don't think so um so that's the vibe i've kind of gotten from donovan and rudy at least seeing their interaction specifically with each other is it's not like donovan is saying oh i hate playing with rudy and rudy's like yeah this donovan mitchell kid like i can't wait to get out of here i don't think that's the case i think it's more just they know that they carry significant responsibility on this team and what they're doing right now isn't working, and that's frustrating, and they don't know how to fix it. And sometimes those frustrations come out, and they're the way they play and the way they talk and, and all that, but I don't think it's anything to be overly concerned about. Um, Donovan just needs to settle down and stop playing hero ball on both ends of the court. Um, he Offensively, we know he runs into that, where and he'll start taking bad contested jumpers early in the shot clock. Um, he just needs to settle down, find a way to get to the rim, take a shot when it's there, move the ball, run the offense, like we've seen him do. And I think I think he, you know, we'll see. I think we saw it in the Boston game a little bit, and I think we'll start to see that he'll settle in a little more and, and get back to his old self offensively. Defensively, it's been, it's been really sad. Um, And the sad thing is with Donovan, most of the time it's not like a lack of effort. It's just poor decision-making. It's like he tries tries to play hero ball on defense, um, and he'll switch switch onto a double team when you don't need to double team. Or he'll close out too hard and get blown by by the guy. Like, just little things where it's like, okay, like, we want effort, but that effort needs to be concentrated and smart. Like we need to work hard. We need to work smarter, not harder, defensively. And it is really sad because there was a lot of talk. Well, I mean, Donovan 
when he was drafted, in large part, he was thought to be like a 3 and D guy. Um, and he even talked about over the summer how that was one of the things he worked with Pop on is his defense, and you know he wanted to get back to that. And so it is kind of sad to see that, that I feel like his defense has taken a definite dip this year, whether that's because um, his offense is struggling or because he feels like he's still taking most of the load offensively, and so he takes possessions off. I'm not really sure. Um, but I think he just needs... If I could say one thing about Donovan, he's a great player, he's smart, he just needs to settle down. And I think he wants to win so badly that when we have these losing streaks and when we start to go on... Um, we start to get a deficit, he tries to do everything. And it's not like a selfish thing, it's like a, I want to do the very best I can to help the team win. And... That's not always the best attitude to have. Um, so I think if he can settle down, find his rhythm offensively and defensively, then he'll be just fine. Rudy, I think, honestly, shoulders a lot of the blame for the defensive mentality of this team right now. And it's because of the fact that it is very clear that Rudy gets frustrated because he doesn't get the ball very often offensively. He'll be wide open on a pick and roll, and for whatever reason, um, he doesn't get the ball thrown to him. Now, there are a lot of cases where the pass just isn't there. Like, And I think we've all been there, like where you, you're standing wide open on the court or whatever, and like you feel like, get me the ball right now. But then on the flip side, when you're the ball handler, like you know the guy's right there wide open, but there's a guy obviously defending you, and... It's not like you can just make that pass out of thin air. So there is some defense to be had for the ball handlers in that situation. But I think Rudy has a good point that they don't give him the ball even when the pass is there a lot of the times. And I get that that can be frustrating. Um, I know Rudy isn't heralded for his offense, but he's proven that his his dunk is one of the most effective shots in the league. Um, and... We all know how frustrating it is when you're wide open and don't get the ball and feel like you can be having an impact, but they're not passing to you. Like that, that does suck. But he's a professional, and he needs to understand what his role is. And regardless of whether or not he feels like he is being taken full advantage of offensively, that can't affect his defense. And we are seeing too often lately that if Rudy does not get the ball offensively when he feels like he should have, he won't play defense to the next possession. Like, and I'm not talking like he gets beat. I'm talking like it's very clear that he's not trying. Like, doesn't even raise his arm to contest a shot or doesn't come and help when Mike Conley gets posted up by Jason Tatum. Like, probably the biggest mismatch in the entire game. Um, you just can't do that. You're the two-time defensive player of the year and you're playing like the middle school kid who's mad because he came off the bench instead of starting like you've got to just play and know your role and and yes your frustrations are probably founded like you Rudy doesn't need the ball more I think that's one of our offensive issues sometimes is that Guys can trap the pick and roll because they know we're not going to throw Rudy the ball anyways. Um, but that can't affect his defense, and it has been lately. And I think, aside from the fact that like Rudy 
is our defense a lot of times. It sets such a bad example for the rest of the team. It, I mean, he's very clearly one of the leaders on this team, if not the leader. And to see him just say, well, if you're not going to give me the ball, then I'm not going to help you on defense. That just sets the mentality of, okay, well, it's my turn now. Um, and it just ruins chemistry. And I, when I say ruins chemistry, again, I don't think there's, like, locker room fights going on. I, there's definitely nothing been reported. Like, there's been a lot of speculation. I don't see, like, actual animosity between players, but that doesn't mean they play well together. Like, you can like each other off the court and then not have chemistry on court. And um, I think Rudy's attitude is definitely destroying some of that chemistry. So, yes, they need to give him the ball a little more. And, I mean, maybe that's on Quinn to say, you know what, we're going to draw more plays for Rudy so that way he gets the ball and... If guys don't give him the ball, then I'm going to pull him out, and we're going to find a way to get rid of the ball so that way he'll play defense, but you shouldn't have to do that. You should count on Rudy to defend every play, every possession of every night, because that's what he's there for. That's why he is going to be a Supermax player. It's because of his defense. It's not because of his offense. And he, sh- he knows that. He should know that. And that's just ridiculous. Okay, well, those are the guys. Again, it's a team problem. Nobody is... I don't even think anybody carries more of the blame than anyone else, but there definitely are more obvious factors for some people. And um, I'm hopeful that you know we have a stretch of five games where they, they are all pretty winnable games other than the Boston one. Um, so I, I'm hoping that we can kind of string something together and get some good momentum. Um, I'm still optimistic about our playoff chances because I think we've shown that that when we can be work as a unit and you know everyone's focused on the right things and on their game that that we can compete with anybody in the league. Um, and again, like I said, I mean having the sixth or seventh seed might actually turn out to be a better option for us depending on how seeding works. Because I mean, if the Lakers are one and let's say the Clippers drop to four. You could miss them until Western Conference Finals. I know that's a terrible way to look at things, and and obviously we could still jump up to that. You know, I think the three seed is still kind of within reach if we put a nice run together. But the guys just have to to settle down and focus and play their game and string together some good basketball. And um, I think to some extent the coaching could be a little better, but. I'm not bought into the whole, like, um, coaches need to motivate their players thing. I mean, these guys are professional athletes, and I don't know that what Quinn says or doesn't say really affects how hard they play or not. (coughs) And I definitely don't think it affects success in the regular season. Um, I think coaching helps you in, like, three instances, really. Like, it helps you with player development, obviously. It helps you in, like, close game scenarios, for like drawing plays and calling timeouts and things like that, and then it helps you in like a playoff series because they can you know look at the team and scheme for them in depth. But other than that, I don't know that your coaching plays a ton of difference. I mean, I guess rotations have been kind of weird lately. There's been some debate about you know he <clears throat> there's been times where Clarkson's been hot and he's come off and didn't close the game and people thought he should have. And, but I don't know this is necessarily on on Quinn and the coaching staff. Um, yeah, I mean, they could probably be a little better. 
I think they need to shake up the rotations a little more. But I've also seen this look from Quinn lately of like, you know what? Like, I've done everything I can think of, and I just gotta wait for the guys to to give it their all. And the guys have said that too. I and mean, Donovan and Joe have both commented. Like, I think Donovan said something like, "Quinn can give us all the answers to the exam, but if we don't go do it, like, it's not worth anything." And that's kind of how I feel about coaching. Like, they, yeah, they can do some things to help tweak things, but at the end of the day, like. If the guys are playing the way they are, you could have the five best coaches in the world on your staff, and you, you still would get nothing. So, um, I think the front office, at this point, I mean, yes, they deserve some of the blame because I mean they made all these moves, and they obviously haven't worked as well as we thought they would. Um, I don't know that anyone saw that coming. Like, I didn't hear very many people when the Mike Conley trade was made, like say, "Oh yeah, Mike Conley's wash." Like, there was a worry that he could be. But most people seem to think that he wasn't um, and that he, we would still be getting pretty close to the same player he was in Memphis. Um, we did kind of give up a lot of pieces for him, which maybe that's a criticism. And um, The Jordan Clarkson move was fantastic. Like I don't know how you criticize that one with how good he's been for us and how little Dante Exum has given to the Cavs. Um, some people say they should have made a deal at the deadline. Um, I don't think there was a deal to be had. <coughs> we didn't have a ton of pieces and the, it didn't seem like there were a ton of teams even shopping pieces that would have moved the needle for us um, now maybe that's the criticism is that you know they should have had pieces that they shouldn't have bet the house on on the Mike Conley move but I am I think I will wait until the end of next season to say whether or not I think the front office should be held accountable for these mistakes because I think so far they've handled everything as well as anyone could have thought like like I said everyone thought the Mike Conley move was a good move um, everyone thought well everyone knows the Jordan Clarkson trade was brilliant like and the timing of it was really good like at some point you just you make all the right moves and it still doesn't work out so I do think side note I think recently the front office and Quinn or whoever was involved in this decision does deserve some blame because <coughs> they handled it really poorly. The decision of Mike Conley or Joe Ingles going to the bench um, in the Boston game. It was just poor all the way around. I mean, so for those that don't know, Tony Jones and Shams, they reported... Um, like around noon, I think, that Mike Conley would be moved to the bench. Um, players were told Mike Conley would be moved to the bench, and then later on that day, they switched and said, "Well, actually, Joe Ingles is going to the bench." There's no, there's nobody has reported or confirmed or denied why that change was made. Like from the reports that I've seen, like it could have just been Quinn changing his mind. But there is a possibility that it was the front office coming down saying, Quinn, like, you need to start Mike. We're paying him $32 million a year. Um, Mike said, the way Mike Conley described it was, he's like, I was told I wasn't starting. I went home, took a nap. That's part of his pregame routine. Um, came back, and they told me I was starting. So if we're going to believe that, then it probably wasn't him or his agency saying, no, Mike needs to start. But, again, that's not entirely out of the question. It could have been a case of Joe Ingles um, coming and volunteering to come off the bench. I don't know. Bottom line is, 
the way that it was phrased and the way that the Jazz have been playing this out is that, you know, we didn't want to bench Mike because we don't think, we don't want him to take all the blame for the problems. Like, it's not a Mike Conley problem, we've had a team issue, which is fine. But the Joe Ingles thing didn't work, and I think the right move is right for right now having Mike Conley come off the bench. But now that you've said all that, you can't go bench Mike Conley without implicitly saying this is his fault. Like, because you sell all that stuff saying, oh, we didn't bench Mike because that would make it look like it was his fault, now you can't go bench him the next game without saying, sorry, Mike, this is your fault. Um, I think it's just really bad. It looks like there is instability and lack of communication between the front office and Quinn and whoever else is involved, which is not a good look for the Jazz. Um, especially not a good look for if we want more free agents to come here. It, I think it's a, a bomb now with the decision that I think they're eventually going to have to make to have Mike Conley come off the bench, and it's going to look really bad when that happens. I just think all the way around it was handled very poorly by an organization that usually handles things like that very well. Um, and again, I, there is a decent chance. Quinn has said multiple times that he doesn't really care about starting lineups. There's a chance that, you know, Quinn said, yeah, we're going to bench Mike. They went through a shoot around, and later on he was like, actually, I think it would be better if we bench Joe today. And that's all that happened. But the way that it's, because of everything else that went down and the way that's been presented, it looks really bad on the entire Jazz organization. And it's going to. Like, something that probably wouldn't have been that big of a deal um, is going to look really bad, especially in the future when I think inevitably Mike Conley comes off the bench. So, be better, Jazz organization. Just be what you've been previously. Stick to your guns. I don't know. I'm looking forward to the game tonight. I think it'll be good to have an opponent that <coughs> is no, definitely a trap game. And I mean, we just lost to the Suns too, so we can't say you know we're going to beat bad teams. But um, I think it'll be good for this team to have a few games where. Uh, they don't have to be playing 100% and can still have a very good chance of winning. Whereas with, with games like you know, Boston or Houston or, or Dallas or whatever, you can play your very best and still not win. So, so those are hard games to get better in because um, it's hard to, to fine-tune little things. But games against lesser opponents, you can usually um, afford to make changes and make improvements because... Even if some things don't quite work, you, you still should be able to win the game. So, looking forward to it. Uh, hopeful to see each of the guys do a little better. Um, and, like I said, I don't think hope is all lost. I'm still confident we can... I think we can make the second round or the Western Conference Finals this year. Um, and I think next year we can make a real run of a championship. But, I guess we'll see. Thanks for sticking around if you stayed around this long. Um... Feel free to reach out to me on, on Twitter or whatever and let me know what you think, anything I can do better. If you thought I said some really terrible things, and tell me. And I appreciate you guys. and Go Jazz!